Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, the holidays will be here before you know it. Yep, it's that time of year again. So think about a gift certificate from Leon Tailoring. That's right, a gift certificate so you get your special loved ones some clothes, some new clothes, a new suit, new skirt, new blouse, new coat, or if they can get it brand new, get it ready-made or tailor-made, and also custom-made as well. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, they've got a ton of stuff and a ton of things to make you happy and make your holiday season one you can both live with. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Uh, we got a couple minutes, so uh, fortunately we're speaking uh, to Doug Carter, uh, Commissioner of Indiana State Police. Doug, my friend, how you been? It's hey, been, been a, good. It's been a while since we chatted. I've been good. It has been. Yeah, it has. It's good to see you again. You too. Uh, so what's been going on in the State Police universe these days? There's plenty of work. There's plenty of work. A lot's happening in uh, all over the state. Obviously, some high-profile cases. Recently, the little boy in the suitcase down in Washington County, and certainly the Delphi murders. Um, the Flora fire continues to, to, to be a part of my my, 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 my daily view and um, a lot happening, a lot happening. We're really, really struggling with people though, Abdul, really struggling with people. Yeah, it was on the ass up, because I know uh, IMPD locally is having trouble finding officers. Matter of fact, it's, it's not just IMPD, it's all over the place. It is, it is. We're at a lower, a lower level today than we were in 1984 when I began, and our responsibilities are just immense from, that, from those days, almost 40 years ago now. So we're going to stay at it, and it's certainly a number one priority, at least internally for me in regards to the service of the citizens of Indiana. So why aren't people applying like they used to? Is it just the, the great resignation or just... I, you know, I think it's cyclical, Abdul. I, I, and we have to, we have to, uh, to, to really intro-reflect uh, with who we are, what we do, and how it is we do it. And, not, um, and, and I think through this evaluation, this inflection point, uh, public safety is different today than it was pre, pre-George Floyd. It just, it just is. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. So we're going to work through this. We'll retool, um, and I think eventually we're going to be okay. I'm not sure I'll see the full recovery of it, but I feel a deep sense of responsibility to, to try. Uh, how has state policing actually changed since 1984? Oh, my gosh. We don't have <laughs> enough time. Or Okay, how about 2014? I'll, yeah, I'll move it up a little bit. Yeah, um, we've become very, very specialized, and... Um, it's been difficult. It's been really difficult for me and for a lot of people to to really narrowly focus on what it is local communities can't do. So what's the local sheriff, what is his or her capabilities? What are the city PD's capabilities in those in those rural, rural areas? And then what is our role in urban Indiana, in the, in the urban areas, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, Evansville, northwest Indiana, of course, South Bend, Elkhart, um, Richmond, Terre Haute, I think, if I didn't say those already. Um, and so it's a combination of the two. So we have really, really, really strong partnerships. I don't think our citizens care who comes as long as somebody does. And then once they get there, they do everything they can to solve that problem. And that it's through those partnerships that we have that we're able to do that, I think, better than we have in a long, long time. Um, it's interesting to talk about uh, sort of partnerships uh, with the different law enforcement. Because I'm always, my question has always been, what is state police jurisdiction? What is county jurisdiction? What is, mm-hmm. what is the unincorporated you know, Marshall's jurisdiction, what is, you yeah. know, the city's jurisdiction? Well, technically, everybody in Indiana has the same authority statewide. Um, but, I, I, again, I think we've, we've, we've uh, done a better job of identifying what it is we can and what we can't do. I can't have somebody in every county 24 hours a day, but the local sheriff has to. In, in, the, in the local municipalities, they have to have, have availability to respond to those 911 calls. But we've gotten, I think, pretty good at responding in masses. I can get 150 troopers anywhere in Indiana in, in about an hour and a half. And that's what I can do to support local entities. And um, we'll, we'll continue to, to work on that. But we also know that the time of crisis is not a time to build a relationship. 
We're talking to State Police uh, Commissioner Doug Carter. Uh, just kind of getting caught up on everything that's been going on with state police these days. Uh, can you uh, share with us the latest uh, in the Delphi investigation? Yeah, not, not any more than what I did a week and a half ago or so at that press conference. I think we are we are certainly moving in the right direction, and m- much more to come. Much more to come. And I look forward to being able to tell that story one day. And how about uh, the young man who was found in the in the suitcase down south? Oh my gosh, just incredibly tragic. Tragedy just continues, right? I, I think it's important when we talk about these high-profile cases, it doesn't minimize uh, those other ones that have, are not a high, as high-profile. You know, Abdul, I've talked a lot about um, the names of these young, young men, particularly black men in the city of Indianapolis that have been murdered. Uh, they leave behind something, too. So I, I think it's important I hit that, hit, on that, hit that publicly. But the little boy in the suitcase in Washington County really, really shocked the community down there. Um, and the circumstances surrounding it. So I'm really proud of, of the work that was done, both from our analyst side and our, our detectives out of the uh, Sellersburg Post, and almost every discipline within the ISP touched that. And uh, I'm glad we're, we're where we are. Uh, anything else out there that's uh, on your radar screen that's sort of like, hey, we need to pay attention to this or take a look at this over here? Or we, I think we have to do a better job of adapting to, to, to societal change at a very high level. And... Um, it's, it's easy for us to chase these events that happen um, and then forget about everything else. And, and that's my job is to set that culture. Uh, so it's continually evolving. Society is still very broken. Uh, we are still completely out of balance politically, socially, uh, oftentimes professionally. And again, I think I, I take that responsibility very seriously to try and, and keep that balance intact within 18,000 police officers around the state. So I feel a real sense of responsibility to them. Doug Carter with us for a few minutes on the program today. Uh, got to talk. I got to ask you the marijuana question. That that's just brutal. brutal. You always do. Yeah, always, <laughs> always do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, marijuana has been legalized in a couple other states uh, after the midterm elections yeah. via referendum. Um, not legal here in Indiana, but once the law was changed that if you're in an accident and no one's injured, they don't test you for marijuana anymore. If my memory serves me correctly. In Indiana, I think so. No. I'm not aware of that. Okay, I, th- I thought I thought lawmakers did. They did a did a thing where if you're in an accident, uh, if you're, there's a bodily injury, then you're tested for alcohol the whole nine yards. But if you're there is no bodily injury or no or just a fender bender, you're not tested for. Well, it's still it's still illegal in Indiana to be intoxicated, mm-hmm. and intoxicated is often times connected to just alcohol, but it's not. It's alcohol or any other drug. So um, I hope we never get to that point where we don't do that. It's complicated to do that, more complicated than it is for alcohol, as an example. But, um, you know, I've, my position remains the same. I'll do what the legislatures tell us to do and whatever laws they enact. But if they think that I'm going to stand up there and support a legalized marijuana, I'm not. Uh, how are we, Bob, with, uh, with marijuana being legal in Michigan and in my home state of Illinois, uh, how are the marijuana bus along I-74, 65, 70? So when I go to the dispensary, I know what to slow down on. The- You're <laughs> consistent with your questions, but you asked me that. <laughs> you asked me that the last time. And what I can say is we have seen no increase at all in enforcement on the state line primary arteries coming into Indiana uh, that we did we did before. Um, again, uh, we have a lot of work to do out there. We have a lot of work, and we'll deal with it as it comes. When these field, the, the guys and gals out in the field uh, have to address it, they, they will. It's become complicated because it, hemp looks just like marijuana, and what's the what's the value of, of, of um, in, in in that particular plant substance, whatever that might be. So, it's very complicated. And I just hope that that uh, legislators really take a look at the numbers in other states, particularly as it affects our our younger generations, 
and how it affects uh, the driving behavior in Indiana, because those numbers don't lie. They're, they're, they're not anecdotal. And it, it tells a very different story than what it might mean from a financial standpoint, because that's to be the wrong reason for us to do anything. Uh, what would you say is the, the fun part about your job? Because you, because obviously, in law enforcement, you see a lot of folks at their at their very yeah. at their very worst, at their very low points. But there's got to be some days you're like, wow, you know what? I'm glad I'm a state police trooper. Every day, I feel that way. It's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to serve at a level I never thought possible, and um, I, I really believe in this service before self concept. I always have. It was ingrained in me when I was a little boy, and it's now I'm 60 years old, and it's as strong now as ever before. I'm the luckiest guy on the planet to to be able to serve our citizens at the level that I do. I know I was going to ask you a question. Uh, Indiana's concealed carry, uh, or permitless carry now. Yeah. I know you expressed some concerns when lawmakers were going through that uh, in the last session. Yeah. Uh, any still same worries, same concerns, any issues or problems with that? Or Yeah, same concerns, and that's, that's simply roadside information, what we can and what we can't do. So again, like I've said all along, I, I feel a, a, a tremendous sense of responsibility to, f- to work out a way where we can do that, not just for the frontline police officer, um, but, but for the amount of violent crime that we're seeing in Indiana today. And sometimes there's a connection to the two. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been our good friend, Doug Carter, uh, Indiana State Police Commissioner. He's, ha- he's actually on the Hammer Nigel show. I had to steal him for just a couple seconds. Doug, my friend, always good to see you, my friend. Yes, my back at you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.